0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Dw group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Spend
1: some time in the country. Live from Ontario and heard around the world. Welcome to In the Country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time. The latest news and memories, two great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show.
2: Alberta's own Colleen Ray joins me on the show now to talk about her music career and her latest CD called Look at Her Go. And I have a couple of songs from it to play here on the show. And I'm really excited to welcome her, Colleen Ray. Hey, Colleen.
3: Hey Dave, thank you so much for having me on your program in the country.
2: Uh, my pleasure to have you here. Great to chat.
3: It's been a while. There's been a lot going on since yeah. I last talked to you. Yes, two more kids Absolutely. and two more CDs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> two more kids for you and two more CDs. Uh, that's yeah. amazing. And we're, we're going to talk. How are the kids doing, by the way?
3: Really good. Four and five, they keep me busy and happy and um, full of life and full of inspiration.
2: Have you written any songs specifically for them yet?
3: We sing a lot. We come up with little jingles about how to... Um, quickly brush our teeth and get in the car and go to school. So everything's a little bit of a of a song to transition from place to place. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I came out with a children's album down the line because uh, we do come up with little right. riddles and rhymes. Yeah, it's a lot of fun.
2: That is so cool. I was uh, checking out a bio that you had done. This was a few years ago, and I was watching it. It was on YouTube. And you talked about it. I think it was a two-year tribute show you did Uh, to Connie Smith, the great country legend and all her great songs. Tell me about that, because a lot of people obviously still remember her name. She's a huge uh, country music person, and she uh, married Marty Stewart, I believe.
3: That's correct. That's correct. Um, And she's still in the Grand Ole Opry. I mean, what a legend, truly the kind of country music that I grew up on my parents had her records and there was a love story to go along with all those memories and those songs. So when my mom was spinning them, that music really resonated with me at a young age. And so by the time I turned 18, I put together a tribute to her. I didn't really think I sounded like her, looked like her, but I definitely loved the music. The music really made sense to me. So Mm -hmm. I was able to um, be the opening act for artists like Bev Monroe.
2: Awesome. What a great opportunity.
3: It was a great start for sure. I still play her songs every show with my band Cornerstone. I have to do, I usually do all come running and I tell the story about how Marty waited in line as a fan when they first met and uh, he walked up to her as a young boy and said, I'm going to marry you someday. She patted him on the head and said, that's nice little boy. 15 years later, (laughs) I mean, when he was of age to get married, there they are getting married in August. So you never know.
2: What a story. Yeah. What? That's, that's a great story. And, and as you said, all those uh, great artists like Connie Smith and Tammy Wynette, Dolly Parton, I mean, all the great classic females uh, were incredible, and their songs were great, too.
3: Very meaningful, very passionate, yeah. um, powerful messages. You know, that's what I try to do with my music, too. It's like make people feel something, at least um, move them either in a happy way or a sad way, and just really connect with them through the lyrics. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what country music does so well and why I've loved it all these years, and you have, and our listeners have, because of the way it uh, touches our lives and uh, moves us and sometimes just makes us smile. You know, there's all kinds of emotions. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, so your uh, CD out now is Look at Her Go, which our listeners can get at CD Baby and iTunes, uh, produced by Louis Sedmack. Now, you had a chance uh, to write with a couple of great writers, but the first one we'll talk about is Byron Hill and the song For Rich or For Poor. Uh, I interviewed Byron not too long ago, maybe in the, sometime in the last year, and, man, he's written a long list, as you know, of, of country hits.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I first, um, through my producer, heard about Byron. I knew his name from a lot of the um, great songs that were my favorites by other artists, Um like George Jones and George Straits and Stuba McIntyre. And Mm -hmm. um, one song in particular was a tune that him and Silver Lawson wrote called Hearts Don't Think Like That. But Diane Chase had that song on hold. So I felt like I was back to the drawing board of finding more songs. So I literally picked up the phone and I phoned Byron. And so I asked him for um, some more tunes to review. And he sent me um, 10 songs on a CD. And I found a tune called I Think I Hope I Pray." Um, him and jennifer shot wrote that and i put it on my first cd so when it came time for another recording he said if you're ever in my neighborhood meaning nashville um you know look me up (laughs) give me a shout and we should try to write one Uh, you know i think you have a lot of things to say you got a lot of heart so we did that and um, i'm telling you walking into his um place the room that we wrote in it's wall to wall awards and um from numerous artists like we mentioned and and it's it felt a little bit intimidating at first. And I think he noticed that I was, uh, the nerves were starting to kick in and, you know, he just said, don't mind that at all. Like we're going to write our own. And so he asked me, "Um, what do you want to write about? You know, what do you have? And I brought with me my, um, I've got a book of one liners and um, possible titles and possible song subjects. And I just told him instantly, I really think that um, um, that this song for rich or for poor is going to resonate with a lot of people. Because people are, you know, some are being house broke right now, some are living beyond their means, and um, he thought the message was really strong, and we wrote that song that day, within minutes, and then went for burritos after, it was that quick.
2: (laughs) Wow, it's great when a song uh, comes together that quickly, right? Obviously, starting with a great idea helps, and it just flowed out naturally.
3: It did. You know, in that day, in that session, because Byron and I had never written together, um, another thing that we did was um, he had me play him some of my original stuff. And one of the songs that I actually played for him was a tune called Do I Have Your Eyes? And I wrote it about um, adoption, about one of my best friends Mm -hmm. who had um, found both of her birth parents. And so he said, I don't know why you're not recording your own stuff. I said, well, definitely uh, not even knowing that that session Writing with him that day that For Rich or For Poor was going to go on a project or a CD, um, right then, he really was giving me that extra push, that extra inspiration to um, believe in myself and really go for it and just share my messages that I've come up with or that I've co-written with other people. And, um, like, he, he really thought that those should be recorded. So they, they were on the latest C- CD.
2: Absolutely. The CD called Look at Her Go. Now, I want to play the song now. We'll come back, uh, talk about a little more about writing with Byron, and we'll talk about the song you just mentioned, Do I Have Your Eyes. There's a great story, not only behind the song, but about somebody that you pitched it to, which people are going to enjoy. Uh, Let's hear the song now, though, from my guest Colleen Ray. This is For Rich or For Poor on In the Country.
1: for i oh.
2: And that is Alberta country artist Colleen Ray. The song is For Rich or For Poor. She co-wrote that with Byron Hill, a hit songwriter who's written the songs for a lot of years. Uh, his first song that he had recorded, uh, George Stray recorded, and it went to number one for George way back in the day. This was the, the early 80s.
3: Absolutely. I mean, you can learn a lot from hit writers. Um, especially if they are open to um, showing you some of their tips and techniques and, um, you know, offering some corrective criticism with your works. And I I felt like, um, you know, like Byron was an old friend that I've known for years, and yet we really only um, had a chance to write that first time, writing for Rich or for Poor. And...
2: Did you pick up on anything? I mean, here's a guy who's written for 30-plus years, hit songwriter. You're in that room. Uh, What is this process like? Was there anything you picked up on how he, uh, you know, put the song together or how ideas came to him?
3: Well, Dave, it might sound strange. I'm only born in the 1980s, but I'm old school. I'm like pen and paper. And when I got there, um, Byron had his computer out. And that process goes way quicker when you're typing things and searching things. So when I mentioned the, um, the title and the hook, For richer For Poor, um, he typed that in instantly. And he said, well, it's poor, like the actual phrase from Wedding Vows. But um, to sing it, mm-hmm. we knew that we'd have to adapt it a little bit. And I think too um, descriptive. You know, we were trying to depict um, this four-car garage, big swimming pool in the backyard, uh, really give a visual. And so I I do that a lot with my writing rather than just, um, you know, talk about how I'm feeling. I want to tell how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling sad, I want to describe it rather than just say, I feel sad in that line.
2: Right. Absolutely, yeah. They say that with songwriting, right? You uh, show, not tell, so you... As you just said, exactly. you're not sad. You explain it or paint the picture, is what you're doing, right?
3: Yes. Tears are welling up in my eyes, that kind of uh, lingo. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. That is so cool, man, to write with a guy like Byron. Uh, what an experience. I mean, a great songwriter, great guy. Uh, but let's turn to the song you said. He mentioned, uh, man, you got to record this. Uh, the song right. Do I, have Do I have your eyes. eyes. Which, mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me about that. You it um, about a friend and. You I wrote it about song. my best Tell friend.
3: My best friend was adopted. She did find both her birth parents. So um, I had played it for a couple of people in the industry, one of which was Charlie Major. And he said, you know, the perfect person to record that song uh, is Colleen Ray. But we kind of laughed like, you know, I, I could record <laughs> it, but realistically I pictured it for Faith Hill because she's Audrey Faith. And so we joked that I'd have to literally run into her. And that event did happen in 2007 during their soul to soul tour. I ended up in Portland, Oregon. And so uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill happened to be at the same restaurant where my best friend and I were having dinner. Yeah. And I sent (laughs) her back home to go pick up the only demo that I ever made um, of. Do I have your eyes (laughs) for Monica? And, she raced back in 45 minutes, and I was able to uh, bring the CD to their table and present it to them. Um, you know, and I felt like at least I did it. It wasn't something that I would regret years later and go, what would have happened if? And uh, I never mm-hmm. did get any, uh, you know, security guards are saying, stay away. There wasn't any of that repercussions. <laughs> right. um, but I still haven't got a call to say, yeah, we want to cut your song. So I ended up putting it on um, the CD as well.
2: It's a beautiful song, and uh, you mentioned there Faith Hill is Audrey Faith. She was adopted, so that's why the song, you know, she'd be able to relate to it. But, you know, you, you handed her the CD. What, uh, you know, what happens in that situation, or how did she respond? Was was she friendly, and she took it from you?
3: She was absolutely friendly. Um, she said, wow. I completely understand why you're doing this, and um, we we had a couple-minute conversation, and... They were extremely um, kind, and I felt like um, I wasn't intruding on their dinner. And, uh, and we all, you know, basically smiled at each other, and I went my way. And when they left the restaurant, I did have to double check, Dave. I wanted to make sure that CD didn't go in the trash can or in the gutters. Uh, they drove off with it in their SUV. I'm 100% convinced of that.
2: What a great sign. If it's not in the garbage cans, uh, <laughs> that's the first stage. <laughs> yes. It made it past. That it did. That is so cool. And the, thing, Round one. Yeah, and the thing with songs is you never know. I mean, I was speaking to Frank Myers recently, and the song, I Swear, it was pitched for five years. It eventually went through a couple of demos until John Michael Montgomery recorded it. And even at first, John Michael wasn't sure. You know, It took him a few listens, and he liked it, but wasn't sure if he wanted to record it. So songs take a journey that isn't right away. So who knows, uh, whether it's Faith Hill or some other big artist who can relate to the song. But well, what have people told you about Do I Have Your Eyes and, and, and what it means to them?
3: They, uh, they definitely – well, I worked at a music shop back at that time when I first wrote it, and I played that song um, on one of the pianos in the store, and I had a, a man who was in his 40s approach me with tears in his eyes, and he said, so you're adopted too and I said no no I I just wrote it for my friend and he said well that's exactly what I've experienced that's exactly what I felt and he was adopted so to have people um tell me that it's it's really relatable to them that they um they feel like I've captured it in the lyrics um it it really makes me feel proud of that song and um I've always um you know really strived to kind of relate to uh, real situations and so this one, it was one that was really easy to write, and like you say, some songs, they take forever to even see the light of day, Nevertheless, be written, and um, so I was really glad that this one came together.
2: Yeah, our listeners need to check that out at iTunes or CD Baby. They can get that track, part of uh, your album, Look at Her Go, and it was produced by Lewis Sedmack. Uh, tell me about working with
3: Lewis. He's right here in my city, right where I live in Edmonton, and so... Um, He's awesome. I I had searched out Lewis for the first album because of his, um, you know, legendary work with the Poverty Plainsman and Dwayne Steele and, of course, Ian Tyson gold records with him. And I really loved his production. And I've kept with it. And every um, project that we work on, uh, you know, there's more and more excitement that happens and more and more, I want to say growth that I've had from learning from him. And um, becoming a better singer it, you're really um, under the microscope when you're recording things and so um, to me it's it's probably the most vulnerable of singing apart and wondering if I'm you know hitting the notes where I want them to be this is going to be recorded and and basically forever sealed in a like a time capsule as a cd and so right. um, both of us and I are pretty particular with the the quality and the sound that we like to have
2: Because it's a different process, right, when you uh, approach a stage show, a live show, versus now you're going into the studio, and as you said, it's recorded, so it's final, it lives on forever. Uh, Is there anything you have to do or or your mindset when you're going to record?
3: I just always remember to um, smile. A lot of times I'm thinking about um, how this song is going to come off on a very live performance and so um a lot of times i'm actually probably moving around way too much in front of the mic um giving extra (laughs) motion and gestures that's one of my little tricks of learning lyrics in the song um like way back when i first learned blame it on your heart i mean when it was two time and double dealing i would hold up a finger the two uh, fingers on on my hand so that I would remember that cue. Ah. And um, so I do the same kind of tricks when I'm there in the studio. I don't want to be reading a lyric, so I definitely already, you know, know it off my heart, I already kind of have a, a path of um, what kind of um, emotion I want to put into each phrase. And mm-hmm. um, Lewis does guide me a lot with that if he's, uh, you know, hearing things. But if there is an error, both of us are instantly stopping before, you know, either one has on the breaks it's like uh yeah back I know yeah it's this line it's it's the word heart and we go back and uh and you know it's it's one of those things too that um um you you definitely grow as a performer I know I have and and the belief in me as a writer I think that's really um something that I felt like has developed um for Lewis to really hear me as a songwriter and really get that, um, you know, this the songs like um, Quickest Heart in Town really ended up having legs that both, um, I know Lewis and I were first kind of even nervous to put on the CD because it didn't fit the typical um, country stuff that I was recording previous to that, like a song called Family, and, uh, but because it was so um, raw and real, I just knew it had to be part of the project.
2: Absolutely, and we're going to get to our Quickest Heart in Town in just a couple of seconds. Uh, I wanted to ask you as far as pitching songs, Colleen. I'm not sure if you've done this or not, but you know, a guy like Byron has had his songs recorded by so many artists. Uh, do you have uh, a song in your catalog right now that you wrote maybe for yourself, but when you listen back to it, you go, man, that would Miranda Lambert would be great at that song. And, of course, we talked about the Faith Hill one earlier. But do you have another one that uh, is a dream pitch for you?
3: Um, there was one that, that, again, it made it onto this project. Um, I wrote it with Wood Newton, and it's called uh, Back to Where We Were. And the really cool thing about the connection with Wood Newton was finding out that my longtime time um, I want to say... Idol is Trisha Yearwood, and Trisha was his demo singer mm. from way back. So, when Thanks. we got writing together, he was playing me demos of songs that he had written that Trisha was the demo singer for. I recognized her voice instantly and um uh, melted almost like Girl Crush. I mean, she's amazing vocally. I just adore her. And so, he said, Well, by the way, she is recording a new album, and this was Fighter when um, Wood and I wrote the song uh, back to where we were and he said I really feel like we should pitch it to her so we did um, wow. and that's another one I still think I mean if she go, if she decides she needs more music um, you know I haven't released <laughs> it yet as a single so it's one I, I should still um, just even follow up with and see you know if they're considering it
2: that is so cool how exciting that is, that journey, right? Uh, you know, I've heard from other songwriters and artists, they get that song on hold with an artist, which is that first good step, and uh, just that whole process is quite exciting.
3: It really is, and it, it, you do build a friendship with, um, you know, the people that end up recording your songs, the people that, um, that you know, that, that have sent me their songs. Um, I really feel like we, it's, it's not just... Um, You know, a business transaction, it's a friendship that's um, continuing
2: on. I like that. I like that when you make a connection and it becomes a friendship and now they're part of your circle and your world. And uh, like you said, it's more than just business, which is incredible. Let's turn to uh, the other song, and we spoke about it a bit earlier, Quickest Heart in Town, which is on your CD and album, Look at Her Go, uh, which is available at CD Baby, as well as iTunes. And uh, I know you wrote this with William Wallace. Tell me a a bit about the song.
3: Uh, well, the song itself, um, I had a, a hook idea uh, starting out with Nobody Moves, Nobody Gets Hurt, and I didn't know William at all. In fact, his name was Jimmy when I met him. Uh, his stage name is William <laughs> Wallace, and I got in touch with him through um, an industry connection with Ron Kitchener. Um, Ron was manager for Doc Walker, and I said, Ron, I'm not calling for a record deal. I just really want to connect with some of your um, some of your staff writers. So he did introduce me um, to Jimmy, and William Wallace had just gotten off of um, a tour with Tom Killis, and uh, last year he was on tour playing keyboards uh, for Lady Antebellum's um, lead singer, and he was um, trying to come up with more original songs in his project too. So where we wrote that song was literally in his garage, (laughs) but there was no cars in there. It was all (laughs) keyboards and harmony B organs and pianos, there was no cars in that garage he used that area for an extra studio part and we both love the piano that was one of the first instruments I've ever um, learned to play music on to write songs to write melodies around so right away that song came together fairly fairly quickly and um, we both felt like it it could be like the young guns wild west we got talking about some um, inspirations and so that's, um, you know, one of the, the lines about throw your guns in the dirt. That's where that came from. And being um, mm-hmm. basically vulnerable and unguarded. And, um, but also keeping your heart guarded because you've been hurt before. Because that's how love goes. It, there's ups and downs with it. Incredible. And uh, the title itself, now,
2: Quickest Heart in Town, is a unique title. Did that come first and lead to that idea you just mentioned? Or did it fall out of the lyrics?
3: It fell out of the lyrics, and that came from um, Jimmy, you know, motioning with these um, two guns with his thumb and finger pointed up, going, cook his heart in town and blowing some smoke off his finger, um, just doing it. And, <laughs> and it sat with me for a while, and I went, okay, yeah, that's country enough for me, yet um, yeah. it, it, fit, it fit with the message. <laughs> so uh, we, were, wow. we were both uh, pretty happy with the, with the end product.
2: Let's hear that song now from my guest, Alberta's own Colleen Ray. This is Quickest Heart in Town, Out in the Country.
1: Nobody moves, nobody gets hurt. You fall out of love and you fall back in You give up your heart just to take it back again So I'm keeping my distance while I'm staring you down And that's what it takes to be the quickest heart in town So fast Laid my heart on the line For a love that didn't last Someone's broken promises Left me with scars So I'm gonna stop this Before it ever starts Cause you're What it takes to be the quickest heart in town.
2: And that is Colleen Ray, my guest here on this episode of In the Country. And that is called Quickest Heart in Town. And again, uh, that song and the album that it's on uh, available at CD Baby and iTunes. You can check out Colleen online at colleen-ray.com, R-A-E. And Colleen, thank you so much for being here. It it was a while and it was so great to catch up. And next time we'll uh, make sure not as much time passes in between visits.
3: Oh, thank you so much for the awesome interview. I love talking with you.
2: Oh, thank you, Colleen. That means a lot. And I know our listeners uh, have enjoyed listening to our chat and, of course, to your songs. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.